Have you reserved your plot in Facebook Cemetery? The Art of Memorialising Audio Newsletter, edition number 9, March 2022. What can you do to stay informed about digital immortality, digital legacy, digital life curation and all things death tech? Well, being ahead in this changing marketplace and cultural transformation could help you spot trends and find opportunities to promote or grow your end of life or funeral business. Welcome to The Art of Memorialising, a newsletter by me, Peter Billingham, from Death Goes Digital and Memorable Words Eulogy Writing Services. Thank you very much for being here. White Balloon is sponsoring this month's edition, which we are very grateful for. White Balloon is a quiet space to gather your thoughts and make informed decisions about how best to honour and celebrate the life of a loved one. What will you find in this edition? Is the eternal digital cemetery called Meta the best way to remember a friend or a loved one. We'll look at the dragons who got feisty over the contents of a biscuit tin and also how uploading your life to mind files can create writer's block. So let's dig in and have a look at this month's edition. I've been visiting Facebook Cemetery unexpectedly and let me tell you, it's not a good experience. I stopped posting updates on Facebook a few years ago. Why? Well, I think it was the pressure calling to me to constantly read the feed to open my phone and have a look at it. And then when I did do, the banality of some of the content, the touched up, airbrushed, filtered images and message of the messages of the rest left me wondering if it was the best use of my time. Yes, I know, it is a way that I could keep in touch with my friends. Honestly, I prefer to have a chat on the phone or have a coffee together to do that. So I stopped using Facebook. For seven years back in the early 2000s, I worked in Kiev, Ukraine. I would commute there every other week and I know the city. I've walked the streets of that beautiful metropolis, marvelling in the history, the culture and the atmosphere of the roads where now people, many who are my friends, are hiding deep underground in metro stations and hidden shopping centres. And I fear for the future for them. So I went on Facebook again, hoping to speak to some of these friends and send support and whatever help a private message could bring. Just a few people were posting odd pictures and prayers. Most were understandably silent. And that silence was deafening. As I was about to leave Facebook, I noticed at the top of my page a carousel of people's faces, and Facebook suggested I may know some of these, as we have mutual friends. Two of the faces looking back at me, I knew, were dead. One was a colleague in Ukraine who had passed away with Covid. They'd sent me a friend request a while ago, 
and I never replied or accepted it. It made me very sad that I hadn't, and I didn't know what to do. Should I confirm the request? Should I remove it? Well, no, that didn't feel respectful. So it's sitting there, waiting for me. The other person was somebody who tragically passed away just before Christmas. I'd watched their funeral on YouTube from a distance, and it seemed a grand celebration of their life, but just a life that was cut too short. A spouse read a poem that day that I often read at the funerals I lead as a celebrant, and I said my goodbyes to them online. So it was really a shock to see these two faces smiling back at me. After all, who posts an unhappy face on their Facebook profile? I'm sure if I returned to looking at Facebook each day, it would soon tell me to wish them a happy birthday at some point. Both of their last posts were an updated profile picture just before they died. Both of their deaths were unexpected. Just as much so was the sight of these faces when I went on Facebook. It was disturbing, very distressing. Neither had memorialised their profiles. My friend in Ukraine was single and they had no family left alive. I'm guessing nobody knew or could change that situation. The other person, well, perhaps their family have left the profile as it is. I'm not sure. But now, two more lives are digitally preserved in the Facebook cemetery owned now by Meta. Forever. This situation must happen millions of times a day and it will continue to happen even more. It makes me think telling the world about digital legacy is a cause to continue. I'd like to thank White Balloon for sponsoring this month's edition of The Art of Memorialising. White Balloon is a portal giving access to comprehensive information. Its resources cover every aspect of Enderlife compiling this into an easy-to-use platform that gently guides people through the process of loss. White Balloon also highlights the latest thinking, products and services. Innovations such as eco-friendly funerals or new ways to memorialise a loved one. Through White Balloon, people can connect to artisans and professional organisations, helping them to create the perfect farewell. White Balloon is free to use. It includes information on what to do when someone dies, planning a funeral and finding bereavement support. White Balloon offers planning tools, including a personal ideas folder to gather information and you can print this out and share this digitally with family or with a funeral director. White Balloon allows users to find and connect quickly with individuals, artisans and professional organisations that they need. White Balloon is creating a community of compassionate, forward-thinking people and businesses that are committed to excellence in their field. If you would like to know more about White Balloon and the services that they offer, please visit www.whiteballoon.co.uk. If you are interested in sharing your new product or service, here with the listeners and readers of The Art of Memorialising, 
then please click the link on today's newsletter where you can find out more information about that service and also book your sponsorship month for the coming year. Let's move on to this month's memorialization morsels. These are five meaty bites of news for you to stay ahead of the conversation on digital legacy, digital life curation, and all things hashtag death tech. Number one, what happens to humanity's data when all the users have gone? Via Al Pass. This was a really interesting article for me this month because it relates exactly to what I was talking about before. Pointing to the very first drop in the number of Facebook users, this article asks, is this the turning point in our online existences? What will make mankind's largest digital cemetery look like and who will access it? With millions of deceased Facebook users' profiles visible, it brings with them the shock, the sadness and the grief, which may be suspending bereavement or making loss perpetual. What will be the challenges of this growing digital cemetery? It's a very interesting article, well worth reading. Number two, the dragons who got feisty over the contents of a biscuit tin. Sheila Hogan, creator of the digital legacy platform Biscuit Tin, appeared on the BBC Entrepreneur's funding show Dragon's Den. She pitched her idea to the Dragons after building a website that helps people to wrap up the affairs of a loved one who has died. While the emotional side of the idea struck a chord with some Dragons, the business plan offered no incentive to invest. The projected losses within the first years were eye-wateringly high. Thinking the major players in the field would engulf the business, for that reason, they said they were all out. After the show, Sheila secured a £300,000 investment with Velocity Capital leading the round along with Scottish Enterprise and private backers. And while this is a sizeable sum in line with her projected losses and the sums of other venture capital investments that we've reported here, time will tell if it will secure of the business. For further information, read the article via Insider. Number three, the digital devices access for next of kin bill reaches its second reading. Now, to give it its full name, this is a bill to grant a right of access to the digital devices of a dead or incapacitated person to their next of kin and for connected purposes. So, simply put, what does that mean? It means that if this bill becomes law, your next of kin will and may be able to access your smartphone and other digital devices on your death or incapacity. There was a very interesting speech by the MP Ian Paisley in Parliament about this issue and the second reading of his proposed bill is on the 18th of March. Now you can check the ongoing progress of the bill and read Ian Paisley's speech with the links in the newsletter. Will this become law? What do you think? If it does, it could have a significant impact 
on privacy for individuals after they have died. Number four, 100,000 free premium subscriptions for a personal digital twin from MindBank. And this was via the free press. We've highlighted MindBank, the startup, a few times here on the newsletter, but this month they announced that they've joined the Council for Inclusive Capitalism with commitments to tackle technology and financial gaps through the use of a personal digital twin technology. Now, this technology has the potential to transform society by leveraging personal artificial intelligence to reduce societal gaps. So MindBank are providing 100,000 free premium subscriptions for distribution by NGOs in 2022. A Gartner investigation predicts the personal twin of humans might become a transformation technology used by up to 5% of the world within a short space of maybe two to five years. So with its commitments to the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, MindBank's goal is to ensure that they leave behind no developing nations in this digital transformation. Emil Jimenez, founder and CEO of MindBank, said, I'm living proof that inclusive capitalism works and MindBank will completely change the paradigm for millions of people who lack the access to healthcare and financial inclusion. Number five, what I learned from recording my thoughts for an immortal AI. This links directly with the project from MindBank, as it was an interesting and thought-provoking editorial from Harvey James via Slate. He was looking at the subject of mind filing. Is this to be a new word in this lexicon of the future of digital legacy? The definition of mind filing is it is a central daily act of uploading data about yourself to be stored until the resulting model of your mind and consciousness can be reconstructed and uploaded into an artificial body. Wow, that really is an interesting sentence. In this piece, Harvey James discovered finding things to store that others might find interesting after his death a bit of a challenge. He ended up getting a case of writer's block about writing about himself. He was poignantly reflecting and wondering if his great-great-granddaughter won't actually want a digital representation of him in the future anyway. But with his struggles of finding what to write, I wonder, may there be a business opportunity here to become a freelance life curation writer? Let's look at a couple of snippets of information. It seems as if we mention Good Trust in every episode of the newsletter, but worthy of this month's inclusion is the fact that they have passed 100,000 registered customers in over 60 countries. Now that is impressive. And one other date ahead to think about is the Digital Legacy Association Conference as has its dates released. For more information about the conference and what it includes, please check the link on the newsletter.
So who do you know who would find this information interesting? If you could forward the email or tell them about this podcast, then I'd be very grateful. If you'd like to start a conversation with me too, it would be lovely to hear from you. You can write to me, Peter Billingham, at info at deathgoesdigital.com. Until next month, I usually use these words, but with poignancy this month, I would say, keep safe and keep going. Until next month, this is Peter Billingham. Thanks for listening. Death Goes Digital. 